Merry Christmas. How do you stay focused on what really matters? How do you keep from getting distracted by things that really aren't worth your time? As we're in this season, as maybe you're even watching this either the day before Christmas or Christmas Day or soon after, right? Christmas is all about focusing on joy and hope and love and peace and being in relation with one another. There's supposed to be all this warm fuzziness around it, and yet sometimes we get easily distracted by the expectations, by the disappointments, by the things that really fill our head that we keep going over and over again, by it not being perfect, by not realizing whatever it is that we so wanted. And so to think about all of the distractions that come at this time of year in the sense of busyness and preparation, in the sense of what keeps us like on our toes, what makes us not feel really good, what we wish we didn't have to deal with. And there are, then there are all these things that we want, we desire, and yet it seems so hard to kind of get. And so today we're gonna look at a couple passages of scripture that walk along with us, that guide us in ways of, all right, when we're feeling the distractions that are coming on, when we feel like, you know what, is this what really matters in life? Is this what really matters in this season? It gives us a way to go through it. So before we begin reading, let us pray. God of wonder, guide us in the reading of scripture so that we may be inspired in how we focus on what really matters in life. Fill us with your spirit as we celebrate how you made yourself known to us in the birth of a child. Amen. Beginning in Isaiah 52, verses 1 through 2. Awake, awake, put on your strength, Zion. Put on your splendid clothing, Jerusalem, you holy city. For the uncircumcised and unclean will no longer come into you. Shake the dust off yourself. Rise up, sit enthroned, Jerusalem. Loose the bonds from your neck, captive daughter, Zion. All right. This is awake. Hey, wait a minute. Throw off those burdens. Pay attention. Pay attention to what's really important. All of those things that keep us from feeling like we're living the good life, all those things that keep distracting, getting in our way, it is time to be away from those things. And so when we're thinking about our distractions, those things that keep us from experiencing peace and love and joy, how do we identify them? Is it like, well, you know, I, I have to do this. This is work. This is a job. These are people I've got to deal with. And to recognize how easy it is to get distracted and how much of a need there is for awakening. For going, hold up a minute. I got to put this aside for even a moment. Challenge us to put aside for just a moment to see, to notice, to experience something different. Continuing in Isaiah 52, verses 3 through 6. The Lord proclaims, you are sold for nothing and you will be redeemed without money. The Lord God proclaims, long ago my people went down to reside in Egypt. Moreover, Assyria has oppressed them without cause. And now what have I, what have I here? Says the Lord, my people were taken away for nothing. Their rulers wailed, says the Lord, and continually all day long. 
My name is despised. Therefore, my people will know my name on that day. I'm the one who promises it. I'm here. These words. So, right. So Isaiah begins with awake, get rid of, and then it moves into one of the things that we have to deal with is that sense of feeling worthless. So those words right there about I, from Isaiah are challenging those inner voices that say, nope, you can't give that up. Nope, you can't do that. Nope, you are worthless. Nope, you are of no value. Nope, you're going to screw that up. Nope, it is not. You are not okay. All those voices that get in the way that disrupt our peace. So not only is it like outside situations of going, wait a minute, I don't want that distraction. I don't need to be paying too much attention to these outside things. But now it's also focusing on the inward stuff of going, wait a minute, what are the voices that we've got going on in our head? What are the things we keep going over and over again that are nothing more than a distraction, that are nothing more than wasting our time that actually may make us feel worse? that really rob us of peace. And so to be able to begin to take stock of that and go, all right, if this is what is distracting, if this is what I am wasting my time on, because it really doesn't matter. It's not going to change anything, especially when we go over and over things and there's no resolution. Or the judgments that we get wrapped up in, whether it's judgments upon ourselves or we're being judgmental of someone else. Like we can't control others. We can't control or fix anyone else. And so what are the things that we focus on that are distracting us? And how do we begin to separate ourselves? How do we begin to go, wait a minute, hold on. I am not focused on the right thing here. I, I am focused on something that ultimately doesn't matter. Like what is our scale? What's our ruler? How do we know when we are focused on the wrong thing? So this is where the piece of the story of Jesus comes into the birth narrative in Luke two verses four through seven. Since Joseph belonged to David's house and family line, he went up from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city called Bethlehem in Judea. He went to be enrolled together with Mary, who was promised to him in marriage, and who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the guest room. Think of all the distractions that threatened to derail this story. Mary is about to give birth. She's pregnant. And now they've got to make a journey. They've got to leave Nazareth. They've got to leave the comfort of their home. And they're going to have to travel. Not an easy thing to do, especially when you're about to give birth. And you're not quite sure when. Then we have, they got to go deal with taxes. Oh, yeah, that sounds like something that you want to deal with right as you're about to give birth, right? There are all these like little things that begin to kind of add up. They get to Bethlehem because that's what they're supposed to do. That's where they're supposed to pay their taxes. And now once they're there, they can't find a place to stay. Yet another distraction. And it's almost like they keep focused. They're able to somehow focus and put aside those distractions, and they are focused here on life, on life flourishing. 
And that's not an easy thing to do. That's not an easy focus because of all the things that we feel like threatening, that threaten a life that's flourishing, right? Like they could easily feel threatened. Like, I don't know where this is going to happen. We can't find a room. We're going to have to go hang out with the animals. It's one of those moments of realizing how easy it is for us to go down different rabbit holes, to go in different directions, instead of being able to place ourselves in the moment and go, wait a minute, where is life flourishing? may not be exactly how I want it to flourish. It may not be exactly how I would define it. It may not be exactly how I desire it in this moment, but to begin to notice how life is flourishing. And so they make decisions about how to make sure life flourishes in this moment. Continuing on in verses 8 through 9 of chapter 2. Nearby, shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angels stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. All right, and a reminder, angel just means messenger. And so we could understand, right? The shepherds are doing their thing. They're working. They're making sure the sheep are okay. And it's dark. It's really, really dark, which we kind of forget when we have electric light all around us, especially if we're in cities, because there's always a glow. But to imagine that they are in complete darkness here, and they're trying to pay attention and trying to listen for, and all of a sudden, something startles them out of their mundane, out of their just normal routine, out of everything that they're used to doing. And for ourselves, right? There are times where we need to be startled out of those things that really aren't important in life, that really are distracting us from what is important. And we can understand in this moment why somebody would be filled with fear when they don't know what in the world is going on. But for us to really take a hard look at what needs to startle us out of that kind of mindset, out of this is the only way to do it, or out of the mindset of, no, I have to pay attention to this or else. Because is that really true? What are we focused on that maybe is a distraction for us being able to experience joy and peace? Right? Do we get focused on what somebody else may or may not say? Do we get focused on... And not living up to those expectations? Do we get focused on feeling worthless? Do we get focused on, oh my goodness, I have to do or else? Do we get focused on who's passing judgment? Who's trying to control? Do we get focused on the busyness, on the job? Do we get so focused on those things that we cannot see anything good? that we get so focused on those things that it actually kind of does fill us with fear. We find ourselves more fearful than what we should be. We find ourselves more anxious and more worried. We find ourselves going, I don't know how any of this is going to get done, and we can feel our blood pressure just kind of rising. What are the distractions we need to be startled out of so they do not consume our lives like fear. They do not consume our lives like busyness. They do not numb us to the good that is all around us. Continuing on, 
in Luke 2, verses 10 through 16. The angel said, don't be afraid. Look, I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great assembly of the heavenly forces was with the angel praising God. They said, glory to God in heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. So the messengers, the angels, they come and the shepherds are like, oh, there is something different here. We need to be focused on something else. We need to be focused on something more important. And what they're being called to is to focus upon how this child, how this child has come into this world and is love, is God's presence with us, which my guess is they probably don't totally know what exactly that means, just as, you know, Mary and Joseph still aren't sure what that means, but they are awakened from the things that maybe aren't adding to their life. It's just kind of keeping things a little bit comfortable. And now they're being challenged to see something different. What's interesting about the story is that we tell it every year and it's kind of like we sanitize it and we think that this is so easy and it's beautiful and there are absolutely beautiful elements to it. But we also forget just how difficult this is, right? They could have been distracted by other things. The shepherds could have been like, yeah, I'm not walking down to Bethlehem. Like, it's night. Like, all we've got are the, sun, are the moon and the stars, not the sun. And even the, if it's cloudy, you don't really have much of that. Like, you could understand their fear of what might get them in the night. They could allow that to be a distraction. Just as when they do show up, we could understand why Mary would be like, um, no, you guys need to leave. Like, I, I just gave birth. Like, she wants to entertain people? Or Joseph? Joseph here is now the caretaker. He is now responsible for Mary and Jesus. He is responsible for two people who are in a vulnerable state. And we could understand why he would be like, wait a minute, you strangers showing up, get out of here. That moment of recognizing all of the distractions and how difficult of a story this really is. Because when we back off of that, it kind of loses some of its, well, what's the point? Other than, you know, it's a beautiful time of year. It's great to be together. It's great to do presents. But we lose that meaning of how does this impact every single day? Every single day, this story challenges us on how God's presence is constantly entering our lives. Even at the most difficult of times, even when we think things are chaotic, even when things are not what we want, even when we've got the potential to be filled with fear, that God keeps entering into this story of our lives, going, nope, I still love you. I'm still guiding. There is more to life than these distractions all around. Even though they may feel severe, they may feel heavy, but really they're just a waste of time. God keeps entering that story with us, challenging us to see what really matters. 
for us to take stock of what really does matter in life. Are we noticing when we're struggling, when we're like, man, the world is falling apart? Are we taking the time to notice where God is bringing good? Are we taking time to notice where life is flourishing and how we get to be a part of that? How we get to make a choice to be part of that? Because this is also a choice about a particular mindset. The philosopher William James says, the greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. So to think about it like this, that as this story enters into our lives, is reminding us of how do we choose to focus upon God's presence with us. And and we're, maybe we're like, okay, well, what does that exactly mean? Are we choosing to focus on where there is joy? Are we choosing to focus on how we can help and allow others to help us? Are we choosing how we can focus on being an encouragement? Are we choosing to focus where the good is being created and how we get to be a part of it? Are we choosing to focus on love? even in difficult relationships where we're like, I don't know exactly what love looks like in this, but are we choosing to engage in that instead of going, what does it matter anyway? Are we choosing to focus on the things of this season that are about bringing us peace within ourselves, those inner voices, and with one another? As we think about this story, as we wonder about how does this impact us on a regular basis, on a daily basis, more than just today, maybe we be challenged in how we focus our thoughts that are guided by God towards that love, towards that joy, towards the things that really matter and will get us through, will help us navigate all of those distractions that just waste our time. Amen.